Masks for the vaccinated. New CDC guidelines recommend that people vaccinated for COVID-19 continue wearing masks indoors. With some states pushing back against mandates, where does that leave the rest of us? Robert Schimberg from the law firm of Hill Ward Henderson joins us to Lost Plain. I'm Lawrence Clady, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for tuning in and making this show part of your day. We're going to jump right into our topic today, but first, we need to thank our sponsor, Noda. Noda's powered by MT Bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of Noda, a no cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Visit trustnota.com forward slash legal to learn more. And that's notice spelled N-O-T-A. Terms and conditions may apply. All right. We're going to say hello to our guest, Robert Schimberg. He's a shareholder at the law firm of Hill Ward Henderson. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you, Lawrence. Pre- appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Robert, before we get into our questions here, you know, tell us a little bit about your practice. Where's your firm located? What kind of work do you do? And from our pregame, it sounds like you all are venturing into COVID matters. Sure. So Hill Ward Henderson is a full service law firm. We're located in Tampa, Florida. We have just over 100 lawyers here in our office. And as far as uh, the COVID work is concerned, about 18 months ago, the onset of uh, the pandemic, we had a number of clients that had COVID related issues from all areas of uh, their, their different work life. And they came to us and said, hey, can you all help us address some of these issues and make sense of some of these issues? We quickly developed a COVID practice. I've been chairing our rapid response COVID practice here at the firm going on since the beginning of the, of the pandemic, since uh, last March. Well, sounds like we've got the right expert for today's show. So let me let me open up with this, Robert. You know, the CDC put out these new recommendations to uh, have people that are vaccinated working indoors to uh, wear masks. Right in that announcement, they also talked about substantial and highly uh, transmissible areas. And so can you walk us through those recommendations and what is a substantial or high transmission area? Sure. So, so first the question is, as far as the substantial or high transmission generally means that if the positivity rate of tests are above 10% in your area, in your county, in your city, then that's going to be an area of high or substantial transmission where the new CDC guidance would be of, of effect in your area and would be something that should be considered by employers in the area. Now, we've all seen those little circles on the floors at the grocery store recommending social distancing. We've all seen uh, employees at different uh, places of business behind plexiglass. Were there any recommendations regarding social distance plexiglass? So the recommendations didn't change with regard to social distancing, which means that those recommendations have really stayed in place. And the social distancing recommendations are for the safety and protection of everyone, vaccinated or unvaccinated, that to the best you can, you want to stay socially distant away from those that you're working with or those that you're in a a grocery store or in line with. Now, what if you work in a a big indoor place? Let's say you work at a warehouse and you're basically on a forklift just moving product around and you don't have a lot of contact uh, anywhere near anybody else. uh, Are the CDC guidelines applicable to a place like that? So, So first of all, what the new guidance that the CDC came out with, they said is for maximum protection, even for people that have been vaccinated, they said with regard to the high incidence of the Delta variant, that Those that have been vaccinated should strongly consider wearing masks um, and doing so when they're indoors so they can try to avoid 
you know, not only break through viruses, but, you know, avoid passing the virus on to others. So, so generally speaking, the guidance is to get that maximum protection that the CDC is saying you would want to wear a mask when you're indoors. But a lot of factors go into that as far as, um, you know, the ventilation, as far as, you know, the issues you talked about, how large the, the, the place is, how many people are working there, what other offers or what other um, protection may be in place in that, in that location. Now, it wasn't that long ago that the uh, CDC, you know, pulled away from its mask recommendations. You know, if you were fully vaccinated, I think plus two weeks on your last dose of the vaccine. Now, given that OSHA's downstream of some of these CDC recommendations, you know, what do you recommend a business to do at this point, especially if they're not well geared to come into compliance with some of these recommendations? Yeah, so, so again, each business should take a look at their individual situation and they want to look at things like the type of layout that they have at their business. They want to look at things like, to your point, I mean, do they have plexiglass, plexiglass dividers between people that are working there? How open is the business? What's the ventilation like at the business? You know, to the extent that they, they have a good bearing on it. What's the vaccination rate for people in the business? You know, what what are all those factors? And then when they kind of, you know, have a calculus there, they would want to, in accordance with the CDC guidelines, say that we want to still recommend that for maximum protection with the onset of the Delta variant, that people still wear masks here. But again, they want to do it in a in a holistic approach, looking at everything that they have in place at their business and in their in their community. All right. Now, here's a practical question for you. you know, given that these vaccines are very effective and then, you know, given that uh, we're getting uh, this growing instance of natural herd immunity, I mean, what is the real downside risk of a lawsuit? And then if you do get a lawsuit, what are the chances of losing it? So if you're sitting there weighing the options, I mean, what, what's the practical impact? So, so again, you know, the, the practical impact of, of losing a lawsuit is that, um, you know, most businesses would be on the side that it would be very difficult to prove that somebody contracted COVID at that particular place of business unless they could prove that they had little or no safeguards in place. And I can tell you, just based on the law that was passed in Florida, as an example, and other states have passed COVID liability protection laws. But in Florida, the law that for protecting businesses is such that for a person that would be suing a business for a COVID-related injury or a death of a family member would need to have, in in the case of Florida, a Florida-based doctor that would have to provide a, a written affidavit that would say, with a reasonable degree of medical certainty, that the individual's COVID-19 related damages occurred as a result of the business's wrongdoing, and they need to show that the business did not make a good faith effort to substantially comply with the public health standards. So, you know, there's kind of that, that two-tier issue going on there. So, what we would recommend to businesses is that, you know, first and foremost, you want to comply with the with the guidance that you're receiving both from your your local health department your state health department from your cdc and as it relates to your business to your business industry and do things you know in a safe manner communicate that to your employees and communicate that to the customers that are coming into the business by signage or on your website all right, last question to wrap this up in a nice little bow there. So you got into it just a little bit there, but to, you know, given these policy reversals from you know federal and state authorities, and, and given the inconsistencies between you know federal governing bodies and state governing bodies, you know, where should businesses be looking for guidance and information besides a nice law firm like yours? 
So, so I mean, what businesses really should do is, I mean, businesses should look to, you know, the trusted medical professionals in their community that maybe, you know, work for the public hospitals in their communities, that work for the public health departments in their communities. And in connection with that, they would want to look at what state laws or directives in place. And then obviously look at what the CDC and OSHA have said. And, and, and the, the part that the business really needs to do is they need to take in that information and they need to make sure from both a, an OSHA standpoint and from just a general standpoint of safety to their employees and their customers, that they have a, a safe work environment and a safe environment for their, their customers and their guests coming into the workplace. So it's going to be you know, as reasonably free from somebody getting COVID as possible. So those are the things that they want to generally take into consideration. Well, Robert, it was a real pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating in your favorite podcasting app. And also one more thank you to our sponsor, Noda. You can find them at trustnoda.com forward slash legal nets. Noda spelled N-O-T-A. And last but never least, thank you to our team producer, Molly McDonough and our LTN audio crew. They're the best. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. 